0: Are you hungry for more, you know what life has to offer, you sense it is radiating magic, but perhaps you feel like you're just not fully nourished by all there is to embody? Well, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, here and now, just what the doctor ordered. Welcome to the conversation, Well and Why, where we feast on fuel for the soul. These topics are designed to ignite that fire and maximize our human potential. Together, we can heal the system. Alone, we can heal our bloodline. Bon Appetit! Aloha, friends! Yeah, see, I'm going to need to come up with something better than friends. I was thinking wellness seekers or life lovers. (laughs) Any feedback is highly appreciated. Welcome back to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. I'm your host, Allie, and this week's episode is with Vincent James, at the Vincent James to be exact. Vincent is a husband, dad, comedian, and all around awesome human being. I'm so grateful that he not only said yes to being on here, but that he actually made it happen. In this episode, we dive into Vincent's journey through comedy, how he overcomes and separates himself from the outcome of a performance, and what he feels has played a major role in the charismatic, well-humored, and authentic family man that he has become today. If you're in New York City, this episode is especially awesome because now we have all the inside scoop for the best comedy spots in town you're welcome (laughs) just kidding um thank you thank you for listening thank you for your ears thank you for your feedback and thank you for your five stars that you've left or are about to leave any feedback guys anything other than from my mom (laughs) love you mom thanks for listening always you'd bomb i hope you enjoy
1: I try to approach comedy in a different way. Maybe uh, ever since I have a wife and a kid, I approach, I've always approached it a certain way, but I approach it even differently now. And I approach it in a way of, i maybe I'm tired, maybe my son was up in the morning, but if I go to a show and I see people coming in, I see a couple there, maybe it's their only night out, maybe it's, a date, a new date, just girls, uh, a group of girls, like, reconnecting or a group of dudes on a bachelor party. I'm like, I have to, you know, I have to bring my A-game. And that's how I always feel, whether it's six people or 6,000. Right. Yeah.
0: I love that. Mm -hmm. Vincent... Thank you so much for being here on Well and Why right now in the recording studio of my new job.
1: This is great, Allie. Thank you for having me.
0: I am so happy that you're here. It is such a pleasure having you. After seeing you a couple times at your comedy shows here in New York with my friend Alina during our 2019 journey of monthly comedy.
1: Oh, yeah! Is that what you were doing? Yes, monthly comedy. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, and you've seen and you were you came back to the Dark Horse Comedy Club and Tribeca Comedy Lounge twice. And I remember seeing you, ladies, and you both enjoyed it so much. And I was like, here's some tickets to come back. Yes. I not necessarily authorized a, a whole lot to do that, but I was <laughs> like, here's some tickets. And you came back. I didn't, I I, I did remember you. I did sort of remember you too uh, after you told me that. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. And we remembered the, you like called Alina out because when we were walking in and, you and I were engaging and we didn't know you were on like a comedian yeah. for the night yet. And she was on the phone with like her grandma or something. And you're like, oh, she's just doing business. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> What is she doing? The show's about to start. She's just
1: like running spreadsheets on her phone and, and doing a PowerPoint presentation. I'm like, oh, you're just in a meeting. That's awesome. Uh, why don't you sit down and enjoy yourself? Yeah. I like that element of surprise, by the way, because I help run those rooms a little bit. And I always like, no one knows who I am, barely, but it's, you know, I like surprising people later. They're like, wait, wasn't that guy just like, didn't he just seat us? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, here I am. Yeah. It's such
0: a fun aspect of coming to comedy and not knowing that the person you're interacting with right off the bat Mm -hmm. is a part of the whole experience. Yeah.
1: I don't know. You did a monthly, uh, you know, you have to tell me a little bit about, about your favorites later, uh, you know, where you went and what you liked and how the, the club and the comedians stack up against some of the others.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's so diverse and so much fun, but it all started because of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yeah. Have you seen it? Of course. Yeah, and so I just love that show, and it inspired me, because I already knew how much I loved comedy, Mm -hmm. and I also knew that I don't go enough for how much I love it, and it was just like, we were upstate for New Year's, Alina and I. We were Mm -hmm. watching it right before we went out New Year's Eve, and... I was like, do you want to go every month for 2019 and explore all the different venues That's and see awesome. all the people? I mean, we live in New York City. Yeah. This must be where the funniest people exist. I,
1: I think so. I always tell people that, not that, not that uh, because I'm a comedian, but I tell people, <laughs> they're always like, what do I do in New York City? I'm like, all right, if it's your first time here, go to a Broadway show. Pretty much any of them are really good. And go see a comedy show. Because you're right, like monthly to do that, that's great. If you lived in Oklahoma, you could do that once and you're like, all right, that's it, really. And But being in New York, I think that's a great idea. And Mrs. Maisel, I, I love the show. I have friends who work on the show. One or two of my friends were on the show. Wow. And I didn't even know that, but I just started liking it where I'm like, this reads like a play. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a play and I love theater and I loved it. I thought it's great for comedy right now.
0: Yeah, I, lo- I loved it so much. I started watching it again. I don't watch a lot really of anything, but the fact that I watched the whole thing all the way through, I yeah. was like, all right, I need to see this again because those days that you're feeling low, yeah, like what a lot of people know what to turn to in regards of like something lighthearted, yeah. and I usually don't really. I don't know what to turn on next, mm. kind of thing. Yeah, so it's just kind of this go to. Always makes me feel good. And then I'm like ready for bed.
1: Yeah, that's one of the few shows that my in-laws were like, oh, I didn't see it. I don't have Amazon. And I watched it again with them. And I was like, this is great. Yeah, there's not many shows that you're kind of like, oh, this made me feel good. That's more like, oh, my goodness. You see what just happened to that family? Like, oh, I never <laughs> knew that. So it's more of it, it, it's it's uplifting. That's That's awesome. Yeah. That's how we met. And and here we are. Uh,
0: Yes, exactly. So thank you so much. And um, I can actually kind of relate you to Mrs. Maisel because she's so lighthearted and fun. And even though she goes through so much shit, she's so positive. And I mean, you know, until she like chugs back a few shots before she pops on stage. But. Thank you so much for being yeah, here. My I truly pleasure. thought that you'd be an amazing guest because you're a fascinating breed of comedian and positive energy.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> rare. I know. I, I always describe myself on stage. I was like, oh, I'm like a unicorn in the <laughs> sense. I'm like, well, who calls himself a unicorn? What a jerk. But uh, yeah, one of my jokes is about how I'm so happy. that Everyone's like, shouldn't you be miserable like the rest of them? And I'm like, no. And in comedy... I'm known as like one of the happiest, nicest people. I mean, I'm not just saying that. Like, I didn't never ask for that title, and even know if I like it, <laughs> but people are just like, "You are so. Why are you so happy?" It's very off-putting. I'm like, <laughs> awesome, because other comedians think that. So yeah,
0: that's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would love if you could share a brief summary about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. Yeah, my name is uh, Vincent James. I am a comedian here in New York City. I'm also a MC. I do a lot of uh, corporate events. I've opened up for, you know, Magic Johnson, John Legend, just to kind of like hype up the crowd. I get a lot of corporate work. I've been doing stand-up, you know, maybe for about 12 years, 13 years. Really started doing it 10 years ago when I moved into the city because I lived, used to live in Westchester County in Portchester, New York. And I would do like one show every five months, Allie. And that's not how you get better. I would stress over it. I was a kind of a different comedian than I was now, but yeah, I do com- I do comedy. I, you could, f- you know, I'm mostly at the Tribeca Comedy Lounge and Dark Horse because I, I do help manage those rooms, which, which is where I met you and Alina, but that really summarizes me. I'm, I'm going to be 41, August 15th. I am married with a child and also sort of rare in the comedy business <laughs> to be married and happily married and, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah, so that's kind of a little bit about me.
0: That's amazing. So what about the journey of comedy enticed you to pursue something so challenging, like standing in front of a crowd of people who could potentially judge the hell out of you?
1: Oh, yeah, and they do. I know, you know, a lot of comics talk about this a lot, where sometimes we'll just be sitting around having a few beers after, and we're like, it's weird what we do. (laughs) It is very weird what we do in this sense, because it's people, it's not like they're coming to see you, give a speech or uh, a PowerPoint presentation, again, at like for a company. It's, you have to make people laugh. usually have, you know, you have 15 minutes total, or if you're headlining, 45 minutes. And yeah, it's very, it's instant. It's an instant gratification sort of thing. And what made me pursue it. I always was like that kid who interrupted class, talked in class, just wanted to make people laugh. I was a good student, I wasn't a bad student but I was always the type, I always loved making people laugh. I used to be in like little plays and just small roles. Don't I don't want to memorize a lot of lines. Just let me like, give me like, a, and then let me, if I can add lib, you know, be, imagine being an eighth grader and be like, uh, I think I could make this scene better by adding this. They're like, all right, Dick, shut up. Like no one cares about you. Um, but I started doing plays and I really, I remember being at my college. I hosted a TV show there. And then I but more than that, I remember coming back home and my friends being like, hey, man, tell me stories, tell me stories, tell me stories. And I found myself telling stories to people. And then it was just kind of that coupled with a friend of mine from a town over started doing stand up. And he's a funny guy now, but I never remember him being funny. I'm like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and I could do this. And people were like, hey, do you know that, you know, Someone was doing stand-up, and was, like, you should do it. So I, that's when I kind of started doing it. And and you find out quickly, at least for me, if you like it or not. Mm-hmm. I found out first time on stage in front of a live audience, not like an open mic or friends. I'm like, wow, I love this. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I started just, uh, you know, doing it sporadically. But it really, Ali, wasn't until I moved to New York City and was like, hey, it's... I have to do it now. There's no excuse. There's like 45 places to do stand up. Like you said, like you're you know, there's so many places to go. And so I was like I have to start doing it.
0: Is that a big reason that of why you came here?
1: Yeah. I actually moved to New York. So I'm from Port Chester, New York, which from New York City is like 30 minute 30 minutes by a train, 50 minutes by a train. It's very close to like White Plains. So my whole life I lived near your Lived near New York City. We'd come in, me and my friends, we'd go to 42nd Street and all the dirty video places when we were like 14 years old. It was like, this is amazing. Now there's like, you know, an M&M store. But it changed so much. And I remember when Grand Central was awful and, you know, now it's beautiful. Mm. So it took my wife, who's from Pennsylvania, a small town in Pennsylvania, to move to an area near me and all her friends lived in New York City. Maybe it was like, you know, small town, big dream. She's like, I want to live in New York City. She doesn't sound like that. I know. <laughs> I just isn't, she's not, you know, she's not a hillbilly. But she, she was like, would you want to live in New York City? I had, I owned an apartment in my hometown and I had to get a renter. She convinced me. And she was like, yeah, all right, I know all your friends are not here, but it'll be good for you. Business wise, comedy wise, it'll be good for you. So she convinced me to move here. Wow. And I'm glad she did. She probably regrets that she did <laughs> because I was doing one show every five months. Now I do like six a week. Whoa. So it's kind of, but I'll stack them up. And then, but yeah, that's what kind of made me move here. And uh, it was her. And I had to make new friends. But the comedy community is great for that. Mm. And a lot of her friends moved away. She has she still has friends here, but a lot of her friends moved away right. and so now it's like kind of it's shifted a little bit in that sense. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's amazing. Well, good for her for being that persuasive. Yeah, that's amazing. And she probably really meant it. I mean, you're killing it. So she knew.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think she wanted that for me. And it's it's great. I love doing I love the New York comedy scene. It's like comedy is an individual sport. It is. It's just you up there. And if you die up there, it doesn't hurt my friend. And, you know, but it's a great community of people. You get most of your work from other comedians. A lot of people don't even realize that. That's why, you know, I don't try to... Maybe it is good that I'm nice because I don't burn any bridges. Mm. Uh, I think I'm a fun hang. Although when people say they're a fun hang, it really doesn't mean that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cool. You're like, no, you're not. You're I can not. attest
0: that you're a fun hang. Yeah, I'm a fun hang, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, I think... So I think that, you know, it just... I love that community. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm part of it.
0: Yeah. I remember last time it was like a bunch of us and you were playing matchmaker for us. You're like, what kind of guys you get? What are you guys are you into? We're like,
1: "Ah." yeah, you you all had very specific. One (laughs) girl was like anything. I was like, okay, well I could, (laughs) all right, I could work with that. Uh, That's, you know, and then you're like, I just want this type. I want that type. I need this one. I was like, all right. Yeah. I like doing that. You know, I like, uh, well, I just like, and we were talking about it earlier. I, I like the older I get, I like surrounding myself or at least interacting with people. We don't hang out. You know, but I am you know, we, we we met a few times, but it's like I like surrounding myself with people who are fun and positive, And I, I don't have time for a person who's always complaining. Like, I have a life. I have a kid. Like, I don't need you to complain. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather be with someone who's just happy and upbeat. And I, I found myself where well, there's another group that night. But also, you know, you and Alina, like, these girls are awesome. Yeah. These are awesome girls. They love comedy, you know, and. I, yeah, I, I think they're cool. So,
0: yeah, and we but, liked the other girls that were there too. Yeah, they yeah, they were great.
1: I uh, I know Sarah, and the, she brought her friend to see the show, and it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it's great. I love when friends. I love when friends come to see me. As far as friends who've never seen me before, maybe see me a few times. It's more nerve wracking when my buddies, who I know, come to see me and they grew up with me, yeah. who none of them think I'm funny in real life. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you know, they're like, dude, you're not funny. Meanwhile, they love. They come to like nine shows, but <laughs> that's how my friend. My friends are such ball busters. They Aww. are, yeah.
0: That makes sense. Yeah,
1: it's it's uh, my some of my friends. I still have friends from since I'm four years old.
0: Wow, probably built you up. To be as yeah. funny as you are.
1: Yeah. You you're
0: know, like, and oh, I'll show them. I
1: have to. And <laughs> it's like when they see me do stand up, in a group, they're like, dude, you're like the 11th funniest dude in this group. <laughs> they always bust my chops. I'm like, all right, man, I'm off duty. I'm off <laughs> duty right now. Like, I'm not trying to be the yeah. fun. I let you shine. You right. Know? And uh, but when they see me do stand up there, my, my friends are very supportive of, of what I do. Yeah. And, you know, over the past few years, they've come to shows. And I'm like, dude, like this. This is getting real. This is getting real. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm glad to hear it.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, you can't be on all the time.
1: No, I feel like I am. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I, I feel like in my life, I'm in so many scenarios where I have to be on, mm. but I don't get it that often. But I love like going to Barnes and Noble for like 45 minutes or an hour by myself and just chilling and just reading. But I rarely get that because of all the things in my life. But yeah.
0: Right. Do you create time for it? Every once in a while, or it's just too challenging? I try. I try to.
1: It's, you know, but I also, my time is like, if my wife is out, and it's just me and my son, I have a a two-year-old, if I just get time with him, it's great. Like, that's my downtime, just chilling. And because he's so attached to my wife, as like like little babies or little boys, I think especially with my wife, it's like, we'll be hanging out. I remember the other day, it was like, he woke up at 3.45 in the afternoon and my wife got back from getting a massage at he was just cuddling with me and 3:47 she walked in he was like daddy move move i was like you little dick like what are you doing like i do you know it's totally like that but i i now have other moments in my life that allow me to you know focus on wellness and focus on myself but it's few and far between but when i do it i do it
0: yeah, yeah. i can i can just I bet that being a parent just squashes all of that away, you know? All, it's all like your dreams in the Yeah, just yeah. your wellness, your your sleep, your yeah. energy. I don't know. I literally don't know how people do it.
1: Yeah, you're like, yeah, it, it seems like children just ruin everything. Thank you, Allie, for bringing that up. That's amazing. No, I think what it does, it, it, it shifts your focus. That's what it does. For me, I try to be out two nights a week, right, and... Luckily this studio is so close to where I live and so it doesn't count as a night out. Thank goodness cuz I could do stand up uh, the next few nights. But I have to host an event tomorrow, but then I have stand up on Friday. But I just reevaluate really what's important to me. It's kind of going back to the those people you surround yourself with. But for me it's two maybe two nights, but I'll stack shows. That's why like I'll do two or three shows I, like uh, last Tuesday, I did. No, last Thursday, I did like two or three shows. I try to do that, and it's just kind of when you have a kid, different focuses. I had New York Giants tickets for since 2011. And it was just so hard to get to the games. And, like, also, you're like, all right, I don't, Sunday, I'd rather sit with my son and watch this game. He doesn't know what's going on, but I put a little jersey on him. Yeah. So I gave those up. It's just like reevaluating what's important to you. Definitely. You know? And what's important to me in life are really like, you know, my, my family and work in, in, in different capacity.
0: Right. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Um, how do you separate yourself from the outcome of a performance?
1: From the outcome of a performance. How do yeah. I separate so if it's a bad performance, how do I separate yeah, myself? Maybe or? you don't
0: have bad performances, but I just yeah. feel like
1: I never have a no, I'm kidding. It's, I mean,
0: especially in the beginning. Oh, you know yeah. th- in Marvelous Mrs. Mazel, they're like, oh, everybody bombs. Oh yeah,
1: no, you bomb. Yeah. It's uh I you know, I sort of I know now who I would bomb in front of. I almost I almost could feel I almost know what audiences I'm going to bomb in front of. (laughs) The audience I'm going to bomb in front of are, I remember once I did this fundraiser. It was a fundraiser. I was donating my time. (laughs) And like they, it was this fundraiser about clean sanitation and clean, um, so it was kind of like, hey, we're uh, we're this organization, tell a joke about poop. I was like, okay. Like, every comic's got one of those jokes, right? <laughs> Do that. So they, they did it at the Tribeca Comedy Lounge. This, it was all these, like, hipsters with, like, I've never seen so many fedoras in my life. I'm like, what are you doing with a fedora on? And they had, it was packed. And jokes that I've done, you know, 500 times to, like, applause breaks, nothing. Wow. The poop joke. nothing I'm like you guys wanted this what's wrong with you so and then there's then you know but at the end I started to build back up and I like hit the last few jokes you know and I felt better I didn't stay on a lot of comics like if they're not doing well they'll go over and they'll just like oh I can't leave you with that I can't leave you with this you know it's like no you have to because you're gonna mess the whole show up (laughs) but I got them at the end but I was just like wow that didn't go well that really didn't go well And I was at first, like, very for a split second, I was like, I was being bitter because, like, wait, I'm donating my time here. Like, this is, I'm donating to a charity I don't even know about. I was just like, okay, it's down the street. I'm going to do it. But I just had to say, all right, this one wasn't for me. But as a performer, I could not wait to get back on a stage. Mm. I could not, that was, I could not wait to just get back to any stage and, just prove to myself i'm like no 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 wait was it them Who was that so yeah. i said that to myself but yeah you have to you have to separate it especially when i do i'll do a corporate gig which is like 9 a.m and they want you to like tell jokes about marketing i'm like what <laughs> is funny about marketing they're like well make it funny we're paying you monkey i'm like okay <laughs> thank you and so yeah you have to and if people don't laugh at 9 a.m just you have to just chalk it up to like all right it's 9 a.m yeah. They're paying like their companies maybe paying for them to be here. They don't really want to be here, mm. so yeah, it's hard. Hard sometimes for me, it's hard to separate myself. But the way I do it is, I just have to get back on a stage as soon as possible. I think a lot of comics feel that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense if a whole crowd is like one kind of person. Yeah, that you know they're gonna feed off of each other, and I don't know. I feel like a lot of the times, most crowds are very diverse. Yeah. at least ones I attend, mm-hmm. and. If they're not laughing, I'm laughing. And if I'm not laughing, they're laughing. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes we're all laughing and sometimes we're not all laughing, but because yeah. we're all human, but I just feel like people resonate with certain things.
1: I think so. And and no, I, I don't blame the crowd on that one. They were, I was just not, and, and a lot of people do. Oh, this crowd. I'm like, it was, they were, I just wasn't their cup of tea. Mm hmm. They're their, you know, gourmet matcha tea that they probably buy, you know, <laughs> and in with kombucha on top, like kombucha, I don't know what, you know. So I wasn't their cup of tea. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, you have to think about that. Now, if I constantly bombed, then I'm like, all right, maybe this isn't for me. Like it's not getting any better. I feel like you your comedy should get better and your your reactions. Yeah. But yeah, no. So it doesn't it doesn't always happen, but when it does, you feel it. You definitely feel it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can't be for everyone. So No. But
1: Nobody. what I you know, but what I love about New York City, and you said it, Allie, it's like New York City, especially a lot of the shows that I do downtown, the the ones that you've been to, that's like to me, that's America. There's mm-hmm. so many there's some clubs like right around Times Square that get a lot of tourists and stuff. The the clubs downtown get so many different people, it's nationalities, like religions, and you know sexual orientations. It's like you know, I feel like the w- the reason I love those rooms are that it's it's like a representation of America. if you could make majority of the people in that laugh uh, in that room laugh, you know more you could do well,
0: definitely that's
1: how I feel about New York. I love New York City, I love performing here,
0: yeah, I get that just from my experiences, and a lot of them are downtown, and they're just definitely more. They're more fun, yeah, and definitely super diverse. And I remember at the last show that where we saw you, um, there was this couple that had like six kids, and they were from somewhere south. They were from
1: Louisiana. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, amazing. I remember them. I remember them, and yeah. they it was their fr- oh wow yeah.
0: Or like eight, six or eight kids.
1: Six, yeah, maybe maybe since then they have two more. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they when it was like two months ago, maybe they have two more kids. I don't know. But yeah, I you know it's it's crazy. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. But I I remember certain audience members who that was recent so that kind of, you know, but I remember them saying something and coming up to me afterwards and I think even taking a picture, which is rare for me. A lot not many people do. I think I took like, that
0: picture. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did right? <laughs> I think so. So it's not
1: so I I probably remember those the most because it doesn't have it's not like oh every day someone takes a photo. No, it's not. But I remember those moments, like audience members. And, and even the other day, I had two great audience. Now, in comedy, laughter is instantaneous. It, it, it's instant. You get instant gratification. You also get, wow, this isn't working. And that's also like instant. Wow, you need to work on yourself. <laughs> but the other day, I did a show, two shows on Saturday. And one, some woman came up to me, uh, you know, and she was like, I love watching you. And this is rare. I'm not start, I'm trying to not sound like i my age just happens all the time. And she was like, I love watching you because you're like your movement up there. She's like, you're moving. You're into it. She's like, you're like an actor up there. And that was from a girl like in her 20s. And then I did a show later that night at Gotham Comedy Club, one of my favorite clubs to perform at. Downstairs, a vintage lounge. It was packed. And one of the servers, one of the waiters came up to me and was like, dude, that was awesome. I loved seeing you it made me happy. And I was like, thank you. I was like, you must see a ton of comedians
0: mm.
1: and, and super famous ones. So that that meant something to me. Any audience interaction I have, especially if it's positive, I, I enjoy. And, and that's why that's why we do it. Right. That's why we do all of it. That's At least that—that's why I do it.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. we appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you.
0: <laughs> we appreciate it.
1: <laughs> one of twelve. I was one of uh, you know one of twelve months, right? No, are you you're still working your way through the twelve months?
0: You're actually two of twelve because we saw you the first time, and, you came back. and then we went to the other one with the with the thing yeah. that you gave us the yeah. voucher. So
1: you enjoyed yourself that much that you came back. You're never coming back again. You're like, all right, I've seen all I could see, <laughs> you know.
0: No, you brought really different people the second time because do you. Help create the lineup
1: so in the past year I have mm. so one of uh, the the person who kind of really runs it Adam mm. who's a very funny comedian uh, as well uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him but he's been doing his one-man show so I've been putting lineups together and I enjoy that because a it gives other comedians an opportunity to perform and and I, I know that I'm doing that for someone mm. and b it allows me to put together a lineup of people that I like and I think who are funny. The way I put a lineup together, I don't care about a person's credits. I don't care if you've been on Comedy Central, you have your own special. Sometimes I can't even book those people because I was like, I get it, dude, you've been on this show and that show, but you have you you've been here six times you haven't made my audience laugh once. Mm. So, to me that never matters. Most of the people there Maybe you've heard of, but like most of them you probably haven't even heard of.
0: Right. But they're
1: professional comedians. They're they're making money at it. But it's like, I, I like, I just like people who make me laugh. Yeah. And, um, and I never book a lineup where it's like, oh, I have to have one this, one that, one. No, it doesn't matter. If there's mm. seven females on my show, it's because they're funny. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, I, that's how I love doing that. That's another aspect of that, uh, that I get to do.
0: Yeah, so do you, how do you seek them out? You go to comedy shows, you find them online or YouTube or something?
1: No, no nothing. Because, I mean, I would probably do that if I was not a comedian. Mm-hmm. But every single one of those comedians, I pretty much know. And it's, like, just by performing with them. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what I was saying. is like you get so much of your work as a comedian from other comedians. Because once a comedian... You know, Comedians often carve out their own paths and they're like, oh, I'm going to produce a show. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this. Or once you start headlining and you get to do venues, you're getting booked for 45 minutes. You get to pick oftentimes your openers, your features, your uh, hosts. Mm -hmm. So I do that. Like I'm doing a show in October at the Palace Theater in Stanford and I get to book Two or three comedians who will get paid to open for me, cool. and of course that's like I'm not going on YouTube, you know. Like yeah. uh, I'm not, but I know of like oh, you know, my good friend B- Jeff Paul would be great for this. Teresa DeGatano, one of the hosts that we often have, would be great for this. Mm. So that's how that's kind of how I do it. But no, it's it's basically just being in the industry and going going to shows. People would recommend people, but like I I'll never seek out like s- sometimes they'll send me a YouTube and I'm like yeah let me let me take a look. Uh, just to see yeah and if they can kind of get me within the first like three minutes right but again it doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be a really famous person or 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 really like oh this is so and so you know he's been on conan i don't care yeah is he funny Mm -hmm. is she funny that's it
0: yeah i actually the most recent one we went to was um the village underground yeah. And it was the biggest one, the most intense. You know, they lock up your phones in a little yeah. package. The and comedy
1: seller owns that. It's, uh, yeah.
0: Know. It was so, such a production, yeah. like from start to finish, you know? And it was funny. Yeah. but it, And I think it was like bigger names, quote yep. unquote, you know? But there was nothing funnier about it to me. And I don't know. I think usually Alina and I are also, they're usually smaller venues, and Alina and I are sat, stuck up front for yeah. some reason and i'm like maybe because we're short people could see over well, us We're fun I, I mean yeah i don't know so and then we ended up like because we got in pretty late so we were some of the last ones in there um because the line was really confusing and the guy wasn't really directing us in the right way so we were like okay i think we're supposed to be in that line even even though he told us to be over there but we're like we're we paid in advance kind of yeah. thing so or i guess you don't do that but she no no, held you us could, a yeah, spot. you could
1: you could buy yeah, you could buy t- uh, tickets in advance. Sure. Yeah,
0: she did something for us online and so then we went in and we were in the back corner and it was just so much less I don't know, we I just felt so much less connected.
1: Not not as intimate. Yeah, I mean in the Village Underground, Well, that's part of the comedy seller. Like that's like the place to be as a comic. You want to be in there. That's just like a lot of the industry goes. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, I mean, you still it, but it being New York City, you're still going to get, you know, very similar, you know, quality comedians I think we book comics who also perform there yeah so but yeah I mean it's it's still intimate but you felt like disconnected yeah yeah I mean it happens yeah. there's other there's other venues where there are they on the weekends they do headliner clubs which they just bring in a big name and he or she does 45. And it's not a showcase. What you saw that night with me and and both nights is a showcase. It's like six or seven comedians doing 10 to 15 minutes as opposed to one doing 45, another doing 20, 10, Uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, I'm curious to, you know, get people's sense of how the clubs that I perform at. I perform at a lot of them, but those in particular as you've been on, you you know, your journey. They probably put you in the front because Alina was texting her grandmother again, talking to (laughs) was like, all right. Again, what her grandmother get, get in the front, <laughs> but I think that you know I'd be curious to see. I have favorite clubs that I like performing at, and I feel like are really fun, and I like the owners and I like the promoters in the club. But yeah, what? So you've been to the Village Underground? Did you try New York Comedy Club and Stand Up New York?
0: Um, Broadway Comedy Club was the first one. I don't think we've been to New York Comedy Club yet.
1: No, there's two New York Comedy Clubs. I like oh. the I like uh, the East Twenty Fourth. Street One, that's where I used to perform a lot. And uh, they have a new location as well. What would you think of Broadway?
0: That was our first one, and I really liked it. Yeah.
1: Were you downstairs or upstairs? There's two rooms. Oh. More intimate or a bigger one? It was
0: definitely down.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I believe. Yep. I like the owner there. The owner is uh, a guy named Al. Al Martin. It's great. One of my favorite clubs to perform. Um, One of my favorite managers of the club is there, Dina. She's awesome. And I'll do a night there. I'll do upstairs, Sheba Mason's show. I'll do downstairs. Dino will be like, hey, you want to do like, just do some checks, meaning like you go on while they're dropping checks? I'm like, sure. Then I'll do her show upstairs. I, it's a great venue. Yeah. Cool. Have you checked out the stand, the new stand? No. The stand is great. It's a, it, it, they just reopened. It's on East 16th Street. Amazing food, too. Very mm. funny comedians. And it's, yeah, I was, j- I just went to go see it. It's an awesome venue. Food is fantastic. That's what separates them. It's like they get really nice. It's a nice environment. The staff is great. The food is fantastic, and the comedians are great. All so around win win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nothing. Uh, nothing bad. And like they get a lot of you know well-known comedians to begin with, but they get a lot of pop-ins as well.
0: Awesome. I think Check we out have the stand. Our next two venues. Yeah. Thank you. What is
1: it like? What we're in nine months into the uh, into the new. Yeah. Have you have you done nine?
0: Um. Well, it's August.
1: So eight. Eight months.
0: Yeah, we're eight months in, but I don't think we did August yet.
1: Okay. Yeah. Do Wait, st-
0: no, we did. We just went this past Saturday.
1: Yeah, where'd you go? That was
0: oh the, the Village, Village Underground. Underground. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So nine will be the next one. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So we have four more. Four
1: more. Do the stand. Do New York Comedy Club. Have you done the Grizzly Pair? No. The Grizzly Pair is great. A friend of mine runs that. Kenny Warren, Gabe Dorado, and that's a that's a that's that's in between the Greenwich Village Comedy Club, which is the same owner as Broadway, also a good one, and the Village Underground, the comedy cellar right there. It's right in between it. It was featured a lot in Crashing. Did you watch Crashing? No. So if you'd like—so Miss Maisel, awesome, uh, reads more like a play. Crashing was three-year series with Pete Holmes. It's a very good one as well. Where do you find that? Uh, HBO. Oh. Uh. She's like, oh, I got to get an HBO membership now. Yeah. <laughs> I have my friends log yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, right. I haven't I,
0: used it, but I have oh, it. Yeah,
1: so it's just three, it was just three seasons, and it was that really focused on a like starting stand up comedy in the city, more of a modern take. Whereas Maisel's a you know a, a, t- a take on the fifties and like especially for a woman back then, and yeah. so it's different types of series. I like you know I like Maisel better, but like Crashing is a good one as well. Ooh, thank yeah. you. Hmm.
0: So are you fully self-employed doing all these different kinds of performances?
1: No. So I actually, li- living in New York City, my background, a lot of comedians have day jobs. A lot of them do. And, I, you know, uh, I, some comedians are uh, a walk dogs. Some comedians work as a waiter, waitress, uh, a bartender. I have a job in marketing where I actually run a business. Business, like it's a business to business marketing division for a company, Starista. So I do that during the day, but then my other income comes from stand up. A lot of it comes from these corporate events that I do. I do a, a ton of corporate events. It's coming up like September, October, November. So uh, bulk, uh, the bulk of my comedy revenue comes from that. But no, not enough. I wouldn't be able to live in New York City. Or I wouldn't be able to live in, like, where I live
0: mm. in
1: New York City on just comedy. Yeah. But, no, I do... Uh, so I have a background in marketing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My I have a, a, my degrees in communications and mass media. My minor was marketing and theater. So I'm kind of doing a little bit of all three. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: What a cool range.
1: I guess. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather be doing... You know, I, eventually I'd like to... If I could do stand-up comedy or, or corporate gigs in under my terms quote you know quote unquote and make the same amount of money that i make that i need to live and help support a family it also helps my wife has an amazing job and makes more money than me and she's a badass and i love it you know so i say that because she like manages the team she's great um but yeah i uh so that's what i kind of do during the day
0: cool yeah Amazing. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go to college?
1: I went to college a, a small school in uh, upstate New York, SUNY Oswego. Uh
0: huh. Do
1: you know that? Are you from New York? Where are you from? Jersey. Jersey originally. Yeah,
0: but I think I've heard of it.
1: Yeah. No, you probably have not She's like, ah, oh, yeah. I, well, it's a I state. I definitely
0: looked up some SUNYs when I was going to school.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a state school. It's a SUNY uh, State University of New York uh, at Oswego. So oh. I went there from '96 to 2000. Wow. Yeah. Nice. You were like 11 years old. Six. <laughs> she was like, what? I was like six. Awesome. That's great. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's, I know. I feel
1: bad already. Thank you.
0: <laughs> okay. So you're not only a full-time man and a comedian and a husband and a dad. So what about your life was it that you think shaped you into the man that you've become today? Wow. If you can pinpoint anything.
1: So what made me the man today, uh, I think it's w- the way I grew up. So in my joke, I don't, know if you, I don't expect you to remember all my jokes, but I do a joke about, I don't know if I did it those nights, but wow, you're so happy. Shouldn't you be miserable, like I said before? Um, I guess, and I, I talk about how I should be miserable because the way I grew up. Like I grew up, my parents were divorced. And I had, like my dad, I do the joke where it's like, He's like, he left on Christmas. I'm like, what? Who does that? You know, Merry Christmas. Uh, He did it, apparently. So, (laughs) but like, it was like, I remember, I think they got divorced. And then I remember him like getting his stuff on Christmas. And I was like, of all the days, like, what are you doing? Well, they weren't divorced yet. But so I say that I think my mother shaped me and my brother shaped me into who I am. Because my mom raised me. My mom worked three jobs. One of those, like, she was our lunch lady. I don't know if I ever did that joke, but, like, she was like, uh, I do this whole joke of how different kids made fun of me in, in her own little way. My mom was her lunch lady. She's like, she's like I'm going to work at the school. I'm like, that's amazing. What are you doing? She's like, the lunch lady. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. But it was great. Aww. So I think I think three things shaped who I am today. And my mother raising me um, by herself, my brother who was, you know, there and, and, and helped, with, uh, you know, be a great big brother. And I think my town, I love my town that I grew up in. I grew up in Portchester, New York, and Portchester is in Westchester County. Now, I don't know if you know much about Westchester County, Ali. You hear Westchester County, it's like one of the wealthiest counties in the country. Mm. Now, I didn't grow up in one of those towns. There's three towns in Westchester that has like no money. We're just like blue collar workers. We're regular people. And it's so diverse, my hometown everyone were everyone was friends, white people, black people, hispanic people everyone were you know that's the way I grew up and I think what shaped me was I ran into one of my friends recently uh at at in Porchester. His name is Stefan, and Stefan remembered he was talking about my mother, and he didn't know that my mother passed away, so my mother passed away about four years ago and he was like, didn't know it. And he was kind of heartbroken. And he was like, man, what I remember about your mom is she didn't care what color we were, where we lived, what happened. But it was that we always hung out at your house. Everyone was equal. And that's why I, I think those three factors shaped the person I am today. Wow! I think, I think it's my, yeah, my mother, my brother and, and, and my town. It's not a, it's, it's a factor, but yeah, it's not a person. So it's, but those, those are what shaped because I talk about my, I love my town. My town alley wants more than anything for me to be super successful as a comedian. Uh They don't care about Yeah, no, it it is. It's true. It's like when I go back to my town and perform, I'll do a local bar and it'll be standing room only. It'll be, there'll have to be a cop where there's, like, traffic. I'm like, who's all this, who were people here for? You. And so it's cool. So I always, uh, and I feed off of that. Yeah. It's kind of that feed off, feed off of that energy. Totally. So, yeah, I think those are the three factors.
0: I love that. Is yeah. it a small town?
1: Yeah, pretty small. I mean, it's not, like, one-stop-light yeah, town, right. it's, but it's in Port in Portchester. It's a it's a fairly big town, yeah. but it's... Uh, but it's not like, you know, there's other towns like White Plains and, and Yonkers that are bigger. Mm. But no, Porchester is, uh, it, it's all, it's always, I don't live there anymore. Obviously, my mom doesn't live there. My brother doesn't live there. But like, it's still my hometown. When yeah. I go back, I just, I, I love it. That's and so it's so close. Nice. It's so close. It's not like it's far. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Our environment, I think we underestimate what our environment can do for us growing yeah. up.
1: And I love the fact that I remember because I grew up, I remember going to college at Oswego and there's a lot of different, most of the people who were there are from New York. But what people don't realize is like, yeah, I grew up near a city and it was very, you know, more pretty urban, but most other New York is just really rural, right? It's just like these like farm town or like small towns. And I remember a lot of my friends just like, not having that diversity in, in in their towns. And they were so shocked. They're like, how are you friends with those people from, like, the Black Student Union? I'm like, they're my friends. I'm just like, you know, what about, how do you know these people from this group? I'm like, why? You know, as like, because of, you know, my town and what I was shaped with. Yeah. And I don't think they've ever seen that. And wow. I was like, yeah, so it was kind of weird.
0: So your mom was pretty progressive for her time.
1: Yeah. You know, she was. And and not the thing about my I mean, I, I think you learn so much about your parents and your environment. And like I think there's not to sound like, you know, there's so much there's a lot of hatred. There's always been hatred in the world, right? But there's, you know, you're seeing it more now with the news, but like my mother, it was never a it was never a a no race, no sexual orientation. It was nothing like that. And she taught us that. And it's like, and and my wife learned that too. My wife was in a family was very progressive in the sense, and that's where I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to teach my son. Like you know, friends with everyone, and and yeah, it's. She was, she was, she was a great woman, Aww. you know. Yeah, nice. and uh, yeah, she passed away four years ago. Mm. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. It
1: happens. You can't smoke for fifty-three years. Uh, That'll get you. Yeah. That'll get you uh, eventually. But yeah, no. Right. She's uh, her memory's alive. And I, I, I talk about her in my jokes a lot. And people who know that she's gone, they love that. Yeah. People don't know that she's gone. They just it's a joke, you know, and they <laughs> don't know. Yeah.
0: Right. Oh, mm-hmm. well, um, so there's something so genuine about your charisma and it just feels like you're really satisfied with the life that you've created mm-hmm. thus far for yourself. So what is your biggest takeaway up until now regarding what has deeply moved you?
1: Wow! Yeah, I think, you know, I think what moves me is the fact that I, what what I do, right? Mm-hmm. I think what moves me is the fact that I get to tell jokes and I get to tell stories, and I we were talking about it. And what moves me is the fact that no matter how tired I could be, whether I'm working all day at you know a, a day job, maybe my son woke up early. And maybe I'm just really tired. What moves me is the fact that people are coming out to a comedy show. What moves me is that maybe their days worse off than mine. Maybe they're coming in and I'm tired, but that's maybe that's their date night. And I understand that more because I'm a dad now and I'm like, you don't get that many date nights. That's their date night. Maybe it's a first date. Maybe you're catching up with friends. But I what moves me is the fact that when I get up there, I forget about my day. And what moves me is that I think comics have the power to f- help other people forget about their days. Yes. And the world. You know, I just, w- w- whatever's going on around them, I, that, that's what moves me. It's, I'm not like, this is what we do is magical, but I'm like, what I, I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that there's not, there's maybe nine million accountants, but there's, only a f- you know certain amount of comedians right mm-hmm. that are working and getting paid you know just yeah. that are that are doing it so yeah that's uh, that's what moves me
0: yeah i don't underestimate it i think it is pretty damn magical honestly <laughs> like laughter they say laughter is the best medicine and this yeah. actually puts us right into my next question of why do you think laughing is so important
1: i think it's important more than ever i think it's important because it's laughter it's always a positive emotion You know, I I get so much joy when I'm with my friends who are not comedians. And we're just naturally laughing at how we grew up and fun times that we have and used to have. Remember when, you know, TJ did this and, you know, we pulled his pants down in public and everyone (laughs) laughed at him. I'm like, yeah, we get arrested for that now. But like (laughs) when we did it, you know, 15 years ago, it was great. So I think laughter is like one of those things where... It's needed, Mm. and for those like however seconds you like, you forget everything else. I I think it's it's great, and I know obviously it's like you know it's like probably endorphins and all that stuff too. But like I, it's it's fun to laugh. No one ever is like, oh, I hate laughing. Yeah. Or maybe some people do. I don't know. (laughs) I always like sometimes you see people in the audience, (laughs) and this was like Saturday. This was like this. Two sisters, one was like, they were both really drunk. It was like one girl's 30th birthday. And they were like just talking throughout the whole time. And then after every comedian was like, hey, just be quiet and enjoy the show. I remember by the time I got on, they were just miserable. And they were right in the front row. I'm like, ma'am, you haven't laughed one bit. Are you enjoying Is your sister's birthday. Like, really? And it's just like, you think about what's wrong with this woman's life. Why is she mad? Why is she angry? Why are you at a comedy show? Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, why not? Just laugh.
0: Why didn't they get kicked out is my question. I
1: know. You know why? Because afterwards they started, they didn't start, we told them and they weren't talking that much to the point where, but I guess they got mad because they're like, oh, we can't say anything. No, we can't. This is not improv. We didn't ask for a suggestion. You can't do that. But yeah, it's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah. There's like a comedy etiquette for the audience and some people just don't know what it is and i'm i mean i guess they don't go all the time like i do but yeah. you know when it's when the question is prompted to you then you answer but some people are just like oh and they're like okay
1: yeah they try to be part of people like more than any other thing i've ever you know it's funny because even in improv i did improv for a few years and it's like you ask for a suggestion and then it's it and people are usually quiet and at a Broadway show, you're there. You're quiet. You make a peep. They're like, "All right, you gotta leave." It's like, "Wait, I just spent like four hundred eighty-six dollars. <laughs> like now you gotta leave." And in comedy, it's one of those things where people don't want to sit in the front, right? Any other venue, you're at a Broadway show, a music, uh, a, a, a musical. Uh, you know, you're at a, you're at a, uh, a music event. You want to sit in the front. Comedy. Some people do, but most of them are like. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah, it's the one kind of thing where people just feel like maybe they feel like it's like if they're comfortable. I don't know, but people always try. Yeah, to uh to say stuff. And that's
0: it, such a good point.
1: Yeah, there's and it's like people ask me too a lot. They're like, do you like you know? Do you ever get heckled? Do you do you like you know? People are like do you like getting heckled? Like no, no one likes getting heckled. Yeah. But even every heckle is not heckling is a lot of different things. Heckling is not like get off the stage, you jerk. It's yeah. not. It's usually not that. It's more of like people be like, yeah, that was funny. Oh man, you know what she said, Sheila? Like, oh, it was like, <laughs> it's like, no, you know, Sheila. Nobody cares about you. <laughs> nobody likes you. And it's like that's what people. That is also a heckle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People just being like on their phone and drunk. Like that's also, mm-hmm. you know, a heckle. But yeah.
0: I just feel like the word itself, heckle, like it doesn't feel good. No. <laughs> like, why would anybody like being heckled? It's like heckled?
1: a disease, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. would you? So yeah, I was, uh, you know, oh man, why are you down? Oh, I just just got the heckle. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I just got this heckle, you know? <laughs> but yeah. That's funny. It's not a, uh, no, yeah, we don't like, so I remember some guy I was like, oh, you, uh, you know, he was like, oh, I'm going to come to your show. I'm going to come see you. I'm going to heckle you. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> like, why would you say that to me? He's yeah. like thinks he's like oh I'm the funniest guy around the you know at the landscaping company I'm like who cares George <laughs> no one cares Oh
0: my god Yeah it's
1: it's it's a weird business <laughs> it really is
0: Yeah you probably get some pretty funny audience I mean just ridiculous pe- all kinds of people
1: Yeah the weird oh this brings up something because the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me on stage is I was at the Tribeca Comedy Lounge I was performing there and it was in the summer and there was this nice young couple who came in, and they must have been going somewhere after. They must have been going to, like, a fancy, fancy club or else a wide dress like this. So this girl comes in, right, and she has, like, this white dress. It is very, very revealing. You know, the the male comics are like, what's going on? The female comics are like, what is that girl wearing? Like, they were just like, oh, my God. And I remember I was making I was making this making the room laugh, making this couple laugh to the point, Allie, where this this girl, she was laughing. She bent down and both of her breasts popped out. <laughs> pop, pop. They both popped right out. And I was like, ma'am, I said, your breast just popped out. And she, I swear. And the crowd erupted she didn't even like try she wasn't like oh she just like gently put him back in and started laughing and the they came up to me afterwards they were so happy i've never had they must have been i think they were fake because the other the female comedians were like no nah, no nah, those are fake i'm like all right emma i take your word for it, you know <laughs> and they just the weirdest thing they both just popped out yeah and uh you just saw breasts i was like that is a weird that's a weird night that's hilarious yeah I was like I, that's I was like that's one of my accomplishments there I made a, a woman laugh so hard her breast popped out
0: I bet a lot of people can't say that doesn't no, happen often doesn't happen people
1: could say they've been on Conan alright I haven't been on Conan but yeah. have you made someone's breast pop out both of them full on they were just out
0: the only time that's happened to me is in the ocean the other day yeah you, know? oh, you, were, you were in the water and yeah. like I know you got like only a wave time. Yeah. You, how, how, how
1: fast did it take you to uh, realize yeah. it Like, was it out there for, like, a few seconds?
0: (laughs) So I was with my friend Alina. Yeah. And – And I really like riding the waves, and I wear, like, a one-piece, so this doesn't happen. Yeah. But it's, like, a three-year-old one-piece, so it just shouldn't, you know, maybe it's time to chuck it. <laughs> Wait,
1: a, a, a three, a, you've owned it for three years, yeah. or it's a three-year-old <laughs> size? I'm like, what's a three-year-old one-piece? Does it lose its elasticity?
0: Apparently. Oh, Because okay. I yeah. definitely didn't lose that weight, so yeah, yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's, sure, <laughs> it's not me. It, it it's sure the bathing did. suit. Yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was riding the wave, and I was just like, oh, my God.
1: So, but you, you, you got it quick.
0: I got it before I stood up. But Alina was like, "Was that you yelling?" I was like, "Yeah, both of my tits just fell <laughs> out of my face, right yeah. yeah.
1: Oh man, <laughs> I one of the a story like that. I I tell it when I'm in my hometown, and this particular girl is there, in in eighth grade. No, sorry, in my senior year of high school. We took a trip and we we went to Action Park. Remember Action Park? In, no, no, you don't remember? Oh, well, you really are young. It's in. It was in New Jersey. Oh, you don't remember Six Flags? No, no. It's uh, in Action Park. They shut it down. It was like this water park that was just awful. There was like never any lifeguards. The rides were just like who made these rides? Like my friend like busted his face open. <gasps> so I tell the story where my friend Caroline, she we went on a trip and they had this like zip line right. And we were like 17, 18 years old. I think we cut school. It was like senior cut day. Maybe it was one of those days. <laughs> she went on the zip line and she went down and she fell right in the water. She didn't. She didn't go far. And then she she's
0: as get, she was clipped in.
1: Yeah. No. She she just grabbed this thing. It was like the a, a Tarzan swing almost. Right. Okay. So she went right into the water. She didn't go far. She got up. <laughs> Everyone started clapping. Everyone started clapping. She's she's like, what is going on? She's waving. She's waving. <laughs> Her left breast popped out. And but it took her like it felt like six hours to, to put it back in. It was probably like it was probably like a minute. Oh and we were like, everyone was so happy, you know, and because you're like it's seventeen, eighteen. You <laughs> yeah. haven't seen like a ton of breasts by then. It was like I was like great. Right. And I told that story. I told that story about two years ago when she was in the audience. I'm like, that was a great breast. We didn't we would love seeing it. We don't want to see your breast now, Caroline. you probably you, you know. But it was like <laughs> But that that happened to her, but she didn't realize it for so long. No one told her. No one told her. No one's going to be like, it was mostly dudes looking around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it was out out for, like, forever.
0: That's so funny.
1: You got it quick. That's good. You were like, what? Yeah.
0: Actually, the other night, um, this past weekend, I was out with some friends, and there was a girl, and her shirt was, was, like, really low, and there was lace, and I was like, is that her bra? And I was like, I think I see her nipple. Like, yeah. uh-oh, you know, do we tell her? Do you
1: tell? No, that you was, know? yeah, and what so, did you do? And
0: I, my friend was like, you have to go tell her, and I was like, I can't.
1: Yeah, maybe that was <laughs> her, yeah, she probably wanted to do it. So my
0: friend went up to her, and she was like, she, like, leaned in and whispered to her, she was like, excuse me, like, just so you know, and she was like, looked at her, like, uh I know. Yeah, like this is, night. this is on purpose. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, Williamsburg. I know. Yeah, <laughs> right? See? The yeah. fedoras come out. I know.
1: Yeah. That's uh see so you were doing your duty where you're like, hey girl, this is yeah. she's like, yeah, no, I know.
0: Like, yeah, trying to be an empowering woman to other women, yeah. you know, like women empowerment, let's look she, out for each other. And she, she, she was, was like, like nope.
1: No. Yeah, she was like, How about I am empowering myself right now? <laughs> that's hey, that's yeah, I would never know. See, guys don't have that. If, if I guess if, um, yeah, if like our our junk is hanging out, we would we would probably tell someone. Right. You know, I was on a vacation with my in-laws and I don't often go away with them. But like, we have a baby now as a two year old. We're like, let's take them. My father in law had this bathing suit on. My father was a larger man. He's a bigger man. He's, uh, you know, and he had his bathing suit on and his, his right testicle is hanging out. His right testicle was just hanging out. He was talking to a guy. We were in Mexico. He was talking to this guy from like, you know, from Wisconsin. (laughs) And I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, Lauren, your dad's ball's hanging out. She's like, why would you why are you showing me that? I'm like, because I have to see it. I don't want to look at it. And then she told Diane, my mother in law. And Diane was like, Jeff, I told you not to wear those. (laughs) And and it was like it was like the lining was gone. He didn't have the lining in. I was Uh like, why are you wearing that? I was like, it was traumatizing. <laughs> traumatizing, but yeah. But good well,
0: for you. I mean...
1: If I had to witnessed that, I was like, Lauren. Yeah. And he's like, why would you show me my... True story. <laughs> yeah. True story. Fair, fair yeah. argument. I was like, I had to see it. Yeah. This guy from Wisconsin had to see it. Yeah. He just, he didn't even know who he was, right. but yeah.
0: It's good to know the telephone game still works. Still works. <laughs> it does still work.
1: And Diane was there, she got the message across. My in-laws,
0: yeah. <laughs> um... So I'm curious if you agree with the notion that the best jokester is actually the saddest person on the inside, like my man Robin Williams.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I think there is is definitely, I think it helps because I'm probably a comedian because of what I had to deal with in life Mm -hmm. growing up really without a dad. And, you know, I always just like, that healed me, making people laugh. So... I think, you know, I I draw from it. I never used to draw from it. I don't think you have to be the saddest person because I am happy. I'm really positive. I love when other people on a show do well. I love that. But it it, it might. I'm sure it helps some people or that's where they find it. Mm. Aspects of it. Uh, Help and allowed me to pull out some jokes that I never used to talk about. I never told people about the divorce. I never told people about how Mm -hmm. and when it happened and stuff like that. But it's you know aspects of sadness help. I'm probably a comedian because of it, of what happened to me. But I'm positive, so I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you need to be the the saddest person in the room.
0: Yeah. Do you think that talking about these things that you didn't originally talk about at first helped you get through them?
1: I think so. I think it made it it made it funnier in a sense because I was and it made it truer because not many people could really talk about that. How many comics like moms were the lunch lady and you know, dad left and you know, uh in a certain time and and, and all that. So I think it felt good. You know, my friend who's a mentor to me as well, Jessica Kirsten, you 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 probably see she's amazing. She's has her one hour special coming out soon called talking to myself and uh she's been a help and she kind of like pulled that out of me Mm. she was like you know i I, she's like i think it'd be funny if you talked about your dark side because people they see you they see that you're smiling they see that you're this you know this type of guy but i think it would be nice if you talked about it and 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 made some fun about it so yeah she she helped me with that
0: because it's i think easier for people to relate to darkness yeah or yeah.
1: No, I think it is. And I, I, I talk about that more. I expose my feelings a lot more than than I used to. Mm. I used to just not I go there with certain things. But no, no, I like uh, I like exploring that aspect of it. And now everything that I have and my material, as you heard, it's like it's stuff that's happened to me. You know, when you get when you have a baby, they're like, oh, you're going to have so much material. I'm like, all right, well, I'll let it come to me naturally. Yeah. You know, the things that happen. It's not just like, oh, being a dad. You know, I, I just kind of talk about when it happens to me and if it, if it goes into something, I start there, yeah.
0: Yeah, that actually answered one of my questions. Um, but, and actually, speaking of what we were just saying, comedy is often hilarious when it's dark and relates to the truth. So how do you connect with things that you cannot laugh about or topics that are too sensitive? Like, do you have a line that you just do not cross?
1: Yeah, well, you know, me, it just... It's not that I, pur- you know, on purpose, you know, don't, like, go in certain areas. I I try to stay away from... I, I stay away from current events. I mainly talk about, like, what's happened to me and, and-, and hopefully other people could relate to it. Yeah. So I feel like some of the most tragic things are things that are in the news and that, are, like, shootings and-, and deaths and things like that that have happened. And so I... I stay away from that, but I, I stay away from it because I try to stay closer to like stories about myself and and, and turning those into what I think might be funny. So I don't th- I think there's no topics that are off limits. I think it's a comedian's job to talk about that stuff mm. and to make light of it. Do I think all those jokes, you know, about certain topics are funny? No, I don't. I, I but I think that you could make any joke funny, if it's done right. Right. So I don't ever feel yeah, not much bothers me about when someone says something to me. But so I don't consciously avoid those topics, but I just focus on a different part of comedy than uh, like the topical, the current events.
0: Yeah, I think that's why I like you so much because mm-hmm. I really don't tune in myself too much to current events. I try to like hit the major points and be done with yeah. it kind of thing and um it brings me down so i feel like i don't know that probably has a lot to do with the kind of comedians that i like and don't like yeah i mean not that i really haven't found a comedian i don't like that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: have you yeah and that's another thing where it's like you, you you identify with comics that for me like i think a variety i like a variety of different comedians I like comedians who a lot of them people have never even heard of that just make me laugh. And hopefully they will be, you know, household names one day. But, yeah, I I like to go just I try to make it po- I try to make the experience positive. I try to stay away from political jokes because, you know, you, you do sh- shut off half the room. You know, based on like, oh, oh, this is, you know, this is New York City. You know, they, they No, not everyone's going to b- like a certain candidate. Mm. It's New York City. It's a melting pot of people visiting and going to comedy shows. So, yeah. And plus, in a lineup of comedians, there'll probably be four or five people who will talk about politics.
0: Yeah, it's common. So,
1: yeah, it's common. So, you know, I, again, not not on purpose, but like, it's just like, I'm not that in tuned. to the political landscape and i'm not i don't have time to watch it every day to be like oh the Mueller report like no yeah and maybe neither is everyone else Uh but people could relate to you know growing up with a single mom and they could relate to you know some of my stories about a mom working three jobs that sort of thing
0: yeah i like when people bring their lives into it i think Mm -hmm. it makes it funnier than just trying to laugh about what's going on in the world it's actually quite scary sometimes Yeah, yeah
1: And, and, and sometimes people go to a comedy show to forget about that. Yeah, you know? definitely. So were these your first, you know, growing up in New Jersey? Did you how, did you come, where did you grow up in New Jersey?
0: North Jersey by Morristown.
1: Okay, so yeah. you didn't come to the city that often?
0: Not that often, but I've definitely been to comedy shows, like, yeah. growing up um, here and there. That's you know? good. Yeah.
1: I never, I've never been, I've my very first comedy show I've ever been to was me performing
0: whoa yeah
1: i've never uh in college they brought a comedian in one time but like in a small one of these like small little little venues it wasn't like a well-known comic they never brought in comics for whatever reason and it was i think me and my buddies were just complete jerks and probably talked and did all the things that i would loathe now (laughs) Yeah, you know we probably did all that and i don't even know you couldn't tell it could have been like chris rock was there but we wouldn't even have known. We were just absolute jerks. Yeah. Uh, and, but now I've never been. My very first comedy show I've been to was me performing. Wow. Yeah. And I've only been to about f- to see four or five different comedians like separately uh, outside of me performing. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I guess there's probably something there, you know. But, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad, you you know, you and Elena made this uh, this mission. <laughs> yeah. It's like an eat, pray, love mission. He pray he <laughs> pray laugh. This is uh yeah.
0: that's that's awesome. I love that. Yeah.
1: That's a great uh, you know, that's it's great. It's cool.
0: It's something to look forward to monthly with yeah. your best friend and you laugh. You know, you're like signing up for laughter once a month basically. Yeah. And if 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 no other time, which like isn't the case cuz mm-hmm. we like humor, but um it's just something to include in the mundane of life that yeah. can become mundane if you don't prioritize certain things like Mm -hmm. you were talking about focus and i don't have a kid or a boyfriend or anything like that yet so it's like what can i do with my time besides podcasting and working yeah and i love podcasting and luckily now i like working because Mm -hmm. of my new job but they're just like things that you love that you're not necessarily going to make a hobby yeah. or you know something for I'm not going to ever attempt stand up comedy you know but I can go you can and go. enjoy it
1: yeah and you and that's the thing this is also the type of city where you could attempt to go to an open mic you could yeah you can go to an open mic and any you can go up there and bark like a dog for 5 <laughs> minutes you can do anything you want it's right? like it, it's like that's the type of city we have yes and it's yeah, it's it's crazy. What's the what's the typical weekend look like for a millennial woman in a New York City?
0: Mm. Huh. Well, every weekend's pretty different. Yeah. I I kind of it's and it depends on the season too. Okay. You know. So I mean, I'm a very nature flow seasons kind of kind of gal. Okay. So in the summer, life is so much more hectic. There's so much more going on, and it's it's fun. It's you know, hot sunshine, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, up after this weekend, I don't even know my next free weekend.
1: Oh wow, yeah, just doing different things. Yeah,
0: just things are coming up, and people are here. I'm going there. I mean, my family is in the tri-state area, yep. so it's rare that I find a month where I don't have to go, and not that I have to, but I want to. Yeah, too. You know, I'm lucky enough that I can. So. Honestly, I mean, this weekend without any plans, which I'm trying so hard not to create, Mm -hmm. um, like get to the park for some sunshine. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the weekends, if I have the time, it's like food shopping and prepping food for the week a little bit, you know?
1: You're like a throwback, Allie. (laughs) You didn't mention once, like... Going out, getting hammered, doing oh. shots. Like, oh, I she's mean, like, well, no, I'll do that too. That'll be part yeah. of it. Oh, okay.
0: Not every weekend. Yeah. And I mean, depending on the weekend, like this past weekend, I went out Friday and Saturday, which is so rare. Yeah. I usually never go out Friday. I kind of got to a point where it was like, I don't need Fridays. Like, I prefer to work out, go home, mm-hmm. shower, yeah, eat, relax you know? from the week. Yeah. Yep. And then I have more energy to wake up early on a, se- not early, um, yeah. you know,
1: 11, 11. You don't know early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you have a toddler. So how dare you? It's like yeah. I woke up at like eleven thirteen, and I was like, oh, "Oh, awesome! What's that like?" No,
0: I can sleep. Yeah, yeah, it's like a a, a thing. So you but like It's it. like that's, I can sleep too much, kind of.
1: That's what makes you okay. That's yeah. kind of one of your things that you do.
0: I don't do it enough for as much as I like it, but I do do yeah. it. You know, I mean, I try to do it more, but it's like I also like being awake too. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like well, hard. Yeah, I like
1: being alive. I'm like, oh, <laughs> right. that's great. That's right. a good. That's a good start there.
0: Yeah, yeah, but so usually Friday night's chill, and then Saturday I have, I'm not hungover, I can do things, go yeah. somewhere, and like have time to live, be productive maybe, or just enjoy myself in another way. That's awesome. And then go out at night and see some friends or something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and lately with the podcast, it's like I try to squeeze in an editing hour or something, yeah. you know, where I try to be productive in that sense. But that's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Always, you know, always concerned. It's fascinated with the life of different people in New York City and kind of how they spend their time.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love a Saturday, renting a bike and going into S- Central Park. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. I do it like once or twice a year. Yeah. <laughs> but it's something I look forward to in the warmer weather. Me too.
1: You know, my favorite time in New York. I love the fall, mm. and I like you know, I love the holiday season mm-hmm. in New York City. I. I see that damn tree every year in Rockefeller Center, but it's like, I go, it's kind of like a, like a little tradition that, that I do. But yeah, no, it's, the city's fun. I'm, I'm glad I live here. I'm glad my wife convinced me to, (laughs) to move here. And it wasn't a far move. It wasn't like, you know, I'm from, you know, Iowa, I'm moving to New York city. And it's like, no, it's, it was, I knew the city already, right? but never envisioned myself living here. I never did. I was like, I don't know if I'm a city kid or city, I don't know. But yeah. oh, no, I love it.
0: It's funny how life works. Yeah. I I knew I wanted to experience it one day. And after college, I worked in Midtown, but I was commuting from New Jersey. Yeah. And I was staying with a friend a few nights a week where she lived because she was studying at NYU. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of like I was ready to be done with that job, but I didn't really know what to do next. Yeah. Or, you know, like there was nothing that really sparked my fire. So I was like, I'm just going to quit, get my yoga teacher training, travel for a bit, come back and figure right. out where to go. Oh, next. I didn't know you
1: were a yoga teacher.
0: I don't teach, but I can. Yeah. That's another thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. well, that's
1: probably why you don't talk about it. She was like, yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, I'm, I have this, you know, I have this skill, but I don't do it.
0: Oh, wow. It, there's so much more that goes into creating a class than you yeah. would think.
1: Do you take yoga? Do you do yoga? I do. Yeah. So that was the one thing that I did. I miss that. I did yoga. Now, none of my friends none of them do yoga. Like none of my buddies, <laughs> my buddies are like plumbers and uh, electricians are like, you know, yoga. And, uh, for me, I loved it. I want to get back into it. I did it for about two or three years and I, I, it was just like a great time. I was the, I sat in the front. I wasn't a creepy dude in the back. I always went in the front oh. and, uh, cause I needed to learn from the instructor, he or she, I mm-hmm. was like, and, and I did that. Uh, I, I, that I miss. Yeah. Because it was fun. And it made me more flexible and it made me just I was like, This is I was this is a good workout. Yeah. Was, it was fun. Yeah. It's
0: amazing. And it it like moves me on the inside too. Like yeah. sometimes Same. especially like the teacher and the music that's all relative. Mm-hmm. But um just being there and knowing that you brought yourself there. It's kinda like any exercise or workout or anything, but Just knowing that, like, you're creating that time for yourself and to do something good for your body. Yeah. That's not going to affect anybody else. This isn't good. I mean, you know, it kind of it does. It overflows and affects those around you. But it's for you mainly, you know.
1: I, I enjoy. I, I enjoyed it. I want to get back into it because it was. It was just quiet time. It was meditation time. Yeah. It was. It was a good. And I like going to a class. I like going what, when it's like when it's anything with like health and stuff. It's like for comedy. It's it's individual, and I don't like people telling me what what to do and and how to do certain things. And I'll do this line, that line. I'm like, no, I'm just gonna <laughs> do it this way. And and then the environment dictates so much of that too. But yeah, I really enjoyed yoga.
0: Yeah. You should get back into Gotta get it. Got to get
1: back into it. Yeah. This podcast will motivate me to get back into to yoga. <laughs>
0: totally. And yeah. it starts just like want, just like go once. Yeah. Don't even plan like, oh, I'm going to go this many times a week, this many times a month. Just like go. Mm-hmm. And you're going to want to go again.
1: Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. It was right down here in Toronto. In, in, I don't even know where to go now. People were talking about this class pass sort of thing yeah. to check that out. Oh.
0: Class pass is good. It has its like rules and stuff. Mm. so you can't go to the same studio all the time if you really like it, kind of thing. Yeah. and then you have to like go all over find other places, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I def- I have like a small package of class pass and I don't use it all the time, but it's nice to have yeah because it's like I feel like doing something different mm-hmm. right now.
1: Yeah, different class but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yoga I mean maybe like a boxing or something like that. but no I like the the yoga aspect because it's it's like tranquil as well.
0: Yeah That's okay. cool. Um, what would you say your style of comedy most reflects? Hmm. I guess you kind of mentioned that just saying like your life.
1: Yeah. I think I describe my, I describe my comedy as just kind of like just upbeat, energetic, personal, just I want to put on a show. Yeah. I, I give, I kid you not, Allie, I give the same energy whether I'm, at a conference and I look out and there's 6,000 people to where I was at the people's, I was at the pit the other day and I was doing my friend's show and it was eight people in the crowd and they were all seated in different areas which made it even more awkward. (laughs) But I even said to that show, I was like, "This this is the energy you're getting, I don't care, you're here. This yeah. these couples on a first date, why you would take this guy to this, you know, why would you take this girl to this, this show? You know, it's not going to be a second date. <laughs> I was like, this is on you, buddy, but, like, we're going to have fun. Right. So that's kind of, yeah, I think I, that's how I describe it. Like, upbeat, energetic, personal. Yeah. And I like, I love it when people go away with like being I, I like when a person will like regurgitate their joke my joke back to them I like when a person like hey man that was awesome that's you get the feedback there but the audience like you know you did bad when you're kind of hanging out with the other comics and not one audience member comes up to you and is like good job
0: oh yeah interesting that's like
1: that's kind of like well, you get the laughter there you know and you you so you feel it there mm. but if you're if you're there, it's not like you know you hang out for that reason, but if you're there and someone's like, Hey man, great job. You know, if no one does that to you, yeah. Okay. I, I remember doing a show and there was this lady, it was me and this other uh comic. It happened to be in my favor, but she was like, Great job. She was like, Okay, have a good night, like to the other comic. And oh. he was like, Oh no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. Uh, but now it's happened to me too. It's happened to me too. Where yeah. I'm just like, you know, and people are on New York. New Yorkers are honest. Yeah. Uh, maybe don't do that joke next time. It's like, thank you, ma'am. Enjoy <laughs> your night. Thank you so much. Yeah,
0: that's so. Funny. Yeah,
1: people say whatever they. They feel like they could also, even during the show and after the show, they could say whatever they want to you.
0: That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to know that you guys like and appreciate it when we say that because I definitely go up and say it, and sometimes you're not sure if it's like. Don't talk to me. I mean, I think, like, I believe that you guys would want us to say something because you're doing this for us, Yeah. you know, in a sense, for yourself, too. But also just, like, I just feel like some people are like, oh, I feel like a, you know, if I say something to them, I feel like I'm a, what's it called, when you have, like, a crowd of people that are obsessed with you. Groupie? Yeah, a groupie. <laughs> oh, no,
1: well, I mean, if you... No, I mean, you're not a groupie if you say, like, one thing, uh, you know. I
0: know, and I'm like, they want this feedback. Like, they're doing this because they want you to be there and come back and tell your friends and all this kind of stuff. I think
1: so. I think so. I think I I, I do. Yeah. And I think the majority of people I I know want that. There are some comedians who are very, very introverted, and Uh they're very, like, you know, they like the laughter there, and then they separate themselves. Mm. They maybe are a different personality and a character when they go on stage.
0: Interesting. But
1: I feel like if they th- you know, if they're there, they're they're accessible. Yeah. You know, now I don't know if like you know, there's different kind of things if you're a really well-known comic or you're you mm-hmm. know, you're sitting down with other comedians at the table at the cellar, do they want people to come up to them? Probably not. They're right. just, you know, there and hanging out and yeah. sometimes you're not even allowed to. Uh-huh. But it's, you know, I love when people give feedback and tell me that hey, man, this was, you know, I, I love people who are like, who are you? Yeah. Like, who I've never heard. Are, I'm like, that's, that's good in a way that they've never, I guess they've never heard of me. But <laughs> so I love that. I, I love the feedback from the audience in, in, in all facets. But, right. you know, not everyone, you know, I love when people come up and talk and I talk to people. Yeah. I'm, I don't think most people are like that, but mm. majority of them are not the other way.
0: Right. They're that not makes the sense. Other way. Yeah. I just feel like at some point it's like. Without that, I don't know. Like, your career wouldn't necessarily exist if we were fans.
1: That's right. You know,
0: like comedians wouldn't be a thing if if we didn't come and enjoy it and come back another time. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, especially if you start to, and I do this on a very small scale, where you you know start to headline clubs and you start to go. To like, I'll, I'll headline Yonkers Comedy Club and in the Palace Theater and certain little areas there. If you don't have a, a small enough following or people who like you, and so, then you're not going to get booked.
0: Mm-hmm. You're not
1: going to get booked. But yeah, no, I the comics, you know, appreciate that and love that. And which is why they put themselves out there and their social media and their stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I love when there's, a you know, people who are like, hey, I saw you a couple times. We're 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 back to see you. I'm bringing my friend. I love that. Aww. That's the first thing I do. I tell my wife, I'm like, oh, this couple, you know, there was this one show I was doing, I was supposed to do in Stanford. They moved it to October 5th. And there was a lady who was like, oh, well, we were so upset to see that that got moved. So we came to see you now. We're going to come see you in October. I'm like, that's amazing. Because that doesn't happen to me often. Maybe if it, ha- it happens to like really well-known comics and like maybe they get sick of that. But yeah, I don't. You know, when <laughs> yeah. I don't at all. I love that. I love that feedback.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Uh mm. Um, What is your favorite joke?
1: Favorite joke that I do?
0: Just favorite, yeah.
1: Favorite joke that I do is probably the stuff I do. Like, recently, it's been the stuff that I do about my sister-in-law and how I, you know, m- how we don't, you know, I, I do these jokes about her and, and how she is. And um, I was like, ah, she's all right. You know, and I, and I talk about... So my, my favorite joke is probably about how she volunteered and all the and she went to go volunteer in third world countries. and I'm like, that's amazing. you're going to feed the children. She's like, no, no, we make them necklaces. I'm like, what what do you mean So then it ties into like how she's a vegetarian and I you know I don't like that about her. So that's my that's probably my favorite joke and I that's why like I've been ending with that. That's been like my closer because it ties back into into, uh, like a callback, if you will. So that's, that's been my favorite joke recently.
0: Yeah, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) it's one of my favorites that, that I've been, been working on and trying to perfect. Yeah. And, um, one of the tags for that joke, a writer on Mrs. Maisel, Yeah, you know, we, we were talking about it. He was like, hey man, I got, I got a, you know, I used a portion of it and, but he was like, yeah man, go for it. So one of the, one of the, one of the, there's a, a, part in my joke a small part of that joke that's my friend from uh mrs mazel gave me noah he's a great great a comic and writer yeah his team won the the writers guild award for it wow yeah yeah neat yeah
0: that's so funny it's hilarious especially because i have a sister with a boyfriend and sometimes i feel like that's how he thinks of me yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know being in brooklyn well, and he there's gave Jersey. me the joke
1: yeah he's the one who told me about you that's how i knew you <laughs>
0: She was yeah. like, yeah, you're like
1: those. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he just feels the same way every time. Like, when I heard that joke, I was like, that's so funny. Because that's my sister's boyfriend talking shit about me. <laughs> yeah. No, no, definitely. No,
1: no, I I added some new stuff to that joke where it's like, you know, because like my sister-in-law is Lindsay and she always like dated these, you know, she going, living in Brooklyn and, and Williamsburg. I don't know if you live in Williamsburg, but she's, uh she used to live there and she, every, she's always dated like this mysterious you know, men, and he did this. And no, he has a job. He, you know, he writes handwritten letters. He doesn't own a cell phone. He, he paints all day in the park. That's a homeless man that you're dating. (laughs) No, no, he he makes a living. He makes little, little glass flutes. Those are crack pipes, Lindsay. Those are crack pipes. You know, it's like little things like that. And the reason I like that joke is because almost every time People always ask me, like, "Do you really not get along with your sister-in-law? Do you really, do you really?" Yeah. I'm like at, at times, yeah, no, we don't get along at times, but yeah. uh, no, we, we we get along, you know, fine. Uh, but it's those moments where I'm just like, she makes me mad, like an actual sister would. But yeah, yeah she's uh, she's good people.
0: That's funny. My my sister's boyfriend and I could relate. Yeah. For sure.
1: He would he would say that about you. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your sister's what? She's in New Jersey. Yeah. She live yeah are you yeah, different, You're really different. Jersey.
0: yeah no. so completely Is your opposite. sister married no they're not married no. but they live together and they have a dog
1: yeah well, yeah a, yeah and i'm um, just like yeah free
0: bird in there's, brooklyn there's,
1: there's Allie, yeah going yeah. out in her breast popping out every weekend <laughs> out in the water that's like <laughs> half
0: you yeah that's so funny um okay so now we're gonna get a little bit into the wellness and we're almost done here i'm yeah, sorry sure. i feel like i'm stealing you from your family what are some examples of activities you do to enhance your well-being
1: yeah i think i i don't want to say meditate but i really just like i like to stop i actually will have headphones on noise canceling headphones on with no music Mm. i find that is to me and it's maybe it's weird but like i'll just be sitting somewhere and i'll put those headphones on and i just like block out everything So for me, it's like I just the absolute silence of things because I feel like it's so hectic all the time where I'm always having to be on and I always have. So I do that for for wellness. I feel like doing that for 15 to 20 minutes a day and just kind of having just headphones on, even if I'm doing other things, Mm -hmm. just having that on helps me tremendously. And, And I feel like. When I wake up in the morning, I have I see my son. I go get my son every morning because he'll, he'll wake up. I haven't had to set an alarm for like two and a half years. Whoa. And that, knowing he's there, come, I, I pick him up, even if he wants to go to my wife immediately. <laughs> that, that Stuff like that kind of makes me, uh, you know, I walk a lot more. I like being active. I play with him a lot. But really, if I had to pinpoint it, it's kind of that moments of silence in my own head Mm -hmm. that helped me out.
0: Yeah, I talk about this all the time with so many people that we just don't do that enough. Yeah, Because there's so much we could be listening to of all different kinds of audio, you know? And it's like, it lifts you up, it makes you laugh, it makes you think, like all these things, makes you feel music. And it's just like, you wanna listen to everything, and so many things are on your list. And it's so rare to create that space to Mm -hmm. just like not listen to anything.
1: Yeah. Now I listen to it. and I, I try every once in a while, like even if it's like for ten minutes, just to stay like be by myself and be silent. And it it w- that ten minutes like works. It's not a nap or anything. It just <laughs> like I feel like it works wonders. Like take like ten minutes out of your day just to just chill and not look at your phone, and then uh, that helps.
0: Mm, I think I need to start doing that. Yeah.
1: What do you do for <laughs> wellness? Is it just uh, yoga or
0: um a lot of things? I would say. Mm. Um, yoga is definitely one of them. I like to draw mandalas, which is, like, a pretty new thing. What's a mandala? <laughs> a mandala is... I can show you a picture,
1: You could have left it at draw, but you're like... I was like, oh, you just like to draw. Like, maybe you just... No, me, like speci-
0: man- I'm not a good artist.
1: Mandalas.
0: Yes. So, it's specifically, like, for mindfulness. Wow. It's basically... So, you, you remember compasses yeah. in, like, geometry? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to... You play with this compass. You create these circles, and you have to use the certain points of these lines to make it like ah. a perfect circle with the perfect lines of something that looks like an asterisk. Oh so,
1: wow! So, okay. um,
0: so it's all at like the same uh, distance apart, yeah. basically. So you start from the center and you draw little like shapes and it, and it just expands and the next row is a different kind of shape the next row is a different kind of shape and you could I've do any size you've probably seen them they're all over yeah and you just didn't know it was just called a, mandala. Was a man-
1: mandala yeah
0: mandala man, yeah it's like m-a-n-d-a-l-a wow like a mandala yeah yeah, I forget where it originated or anything are like that. Are these things but... you
1: bring up, like, on dates and stuff, like, your first like <laughs> Are these things that you bring up, like, if you're... Uh,
0: I didn't bring it up on my last first date. Okay. No. All right. Should I not?
1: <laughs> That's, no. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I'm just going back to all of your... You're like, I know what I don't want, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, as I was trying to, you know, wingman you. Or think about it, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, don't... I never said I was perfect. No, no. <laughs> I'm no, very sure. But you're you. Yeah. But you're you. This definitely. is uh, okay. Yeah.
1: T- t- tell me more about your. Uh...
0: Yeah. And I actually learned that from a guest of how yeah. to draw mandalas. So that wow. was really amazing. You know, I, I like learn things from the people that I talk yeah. to, which is really awesome, and um, build onto my own life. Like, for instance, this is such a small example, but my water, like, at the time I was working in Greenpoint. In Brooklyn, yep. And living and working in Brooklyn, both are super fun spots, uh, which are just like super toxic yeah. areas. And I was like, holy shit! Like, I don't even feel comfortable drinking my own water now that I know this. And where do I get water? Like, I don't mm. want to buy water bottles because that's not good for the environment no. either, or my health, whatever, or my wallet. So I was saying that I pretty much like don't drink a lot of water. And then the guy I was on the phone with was like, "Well, why don't you?" because I was saying I drink tea in the morning. That's yeah. like about it. He's like, why don't you just boil the water in the kettle and like have it sit there and, yeah. and it's boiled water. And I was like, brilliant.
1: Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Not like a Brita or anything like that. or. Uh...
0: I just feel like there's no way that actually gets rid of all the shit
1: (laughs) you're like a conspiracy theorist you're like there's no way way. you're like boiling water you make your own butter well you are brooklyn (laughs) you are yeah
0: i'm very yeah
1: Yeah, you're very brooklyn
0: (laughs) by accident
1: i know your sister your sister's boyfriend hates you yeah it's like yeah Yeah. it's like uh, i just
0: belong there though it's like of all the boroughs like i'm very
1: uh, oh yeah you're if you're boiling water (laughs) you're in like new york city like people love new york city water it's like makes the best breads and bagels and you're just like you know what I'm gonna boil it like I'm in another country, and it's okay, yeah. All right.
0: Hey, that's my health. So yeah.
1: No, hey, this is hilarious. Yeah. You're gonna use this in your oh, next bit. Oh, forget it. I was like, you definitely. <laughs> if you ever come to another show, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know.
0: That's great. Um, but yeah, yo, I mean. A lot of different things. I, I consider podcasts my well-being yeah. and listening you to get podcasts. get to talk to people. They, and they yeah. I mean, that too, for sure. But even listening to like other people's. And they make me laugh or whatever. They just make me think and learn mm-hmm. and stuff. And I feel like I'm growing. Um, I like to read. I don't do it often. Be- yeah. But like I like to do it before bed because it just knocks me yep. right out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just sweating in general. Yeah. And... Yeah. Um, I'm just getting back into that now, actually, because with the transition of career, yeah, it's kind of hard to decide where to go and when to go and
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, all these different aspects. Um, I really like driving and just like blasting music.
1: Yeah. Do you drive as you don't drive as much anymore, right? You don't have a car, do you? I do have a car. I oh, don't
0: wow. need to drive to work anymore. Thank goodness. But I still have it to drive to like my family, yeah. which is like a couple hours
1: that's a that's a good thing in Brooklyn. See, I don't have a car anymore. I I like going for drives, but I don't like uh, you know I don't like driving. My, I mean, I drive. I know how to, but I like being the passenger. I yeah. like looking out the window. Yeah. I like reading too. I don't get to read as often as, as I you know. I never read. I wasn't an avid reader. I don't mm. want to sound like one of those guys. But I uh, I read. I always read to learn. I never. I like my films. I always got like fiction from films, but I'd always like to get my facts from reading, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and everything I read. I feel like, oh, I'm going to learn because I'm reading a biography about a comedian or I'm, uh, or a history biography. So that's, I, I tended to read that, but yeah, I think I find myself, I, uh, yeah, I listen to some podcasts. A lot of them are like friends of mine where I'm like, oh, I, I've, if I haven't, I haven't, seen Jessica Cursing in a long time or, or a couple months. I listen to her podcast and it's kinda like, like that. Yeah. But, you know, what I do honestly, what I do for wellness is is comedy. Mm-hmm. My doing stand up comedy for me, it's like I never been like a gym rat or anything like that. Like I you know I know people are like, oh, I don't go to the gym. Like I'm sh- if I don't do stand up or something creative like that or artistic, that is what that's when I'm down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. Rarely I'm down in the dumps, but like I need to do some th- stand up each week, Yeah, whether it's like a 10 minute spot. I need to do something. That's my wellness. Yeah. The fact of going through it getting the laughs, the camaraderie of hanging out with some of the other comics like that. That's, I need, it It checks off so many boxes for me.
0: Yeah. I would say being creative in general as mm-hmm. well. Like that's just something. And I think we grow a lot of us grow up like not thinking we're that creative, mm-hmm. not being that creative because we're not like supported in that necessarily because yeah. you're not that good maybe mm-hmm. compared to, you know, some other people. But if you just keep trying, like you're gonna get good at creating something. Yeah. And it's just a matter of what that is. So creativity is definitely important for me too. And even just talking to friends, mm-hmm. like just getting together with friends, talking to them makes me feel good and yeah. nature.
1: Yeah. See nature. I mean, that's something that I never really, I like nature. I'm not against nature. You know, it's like <laughs> certain things like I, I I don't own a dog or, or a cat or anything, but I I I like animals, yeah. but it's like yeah, nature has never been, you know. I like it, I enjoy it, but it's yeah. na- That's never been something. It's that's, that's like I need to be around. Mm-hmm. When you when you know, when you are in New York City and you go to nature, you're like, oh wait a minute, you appreciate it more. Yeah. But yeah, for me, it's really just it's it's the creative aspect. It's it's specifically stand up. Yeah. You know, if like I I don't feel creative. I'm like, oh, I just wrote a poem today. For me, that's not. I know that's creativity, but mm-hmm. for me, it it has to be stand-up comedy in some sense yeah you know
0: I really like writing poems and actually it was my last job I had this amazing park called transmitter park in in Mm -hmm. Greenpoint and I would go there right by the water and it was nature that was so inspiring for me yeah and now I don't really have that here Mm -hmm. so I haven't written a poem in a while wow I know and it's like I'm not uninspired I just something about nature and how it makes me feel like really brings out a lot of ideas and emotions which is so cool
1: did you have nature growing up where you grew up yeah I yeah. lived in the
0: woods. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I go up to my wife's family's house in Tawanda, it's, she grew up in like 30 acres. I'm like, this is amazing. Now they have three cats and a dog where I'm allergic, but hey, <laughs> I, I'm like, and I, but I, that's why it forces me to go outside even more. <laughs> but yeah, no, I like that. I like, yeah. You know, I just said there's aspects. I get my, my. Peace and so in different ways, like being with my family, but also being away from my family, being yeah. by myself mm-hmm. in, in those split uh, split moments. Totally,
0: yeah, yeah alone time mm-hmm. is important. Yeah. for sure. Um, is there a daily or weekly habit that you have that is a non negotiable in your lifestyle?
1: Mm. Ah, you know, it's a weird thing. <laughs> I don't know if it's not. It's it's it hasn't been negotiable, but I get a haircut every week.
0: What? Yes.
1: I get, it's like for years, it's, it's like, it's rare that it, ha- that it, that I skip one. <laughs> like I get a haircut. I have like, you know, like a short haircut and I'm going to be 41 and uh, I still have my hair. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, it's okay to be bald, but I, uh, you know, I, right. you know, but I get a haircut every week. Wow. And it's like right on my block. But even before that in college, I'd get a haircut every week. I guess maybe because I've had like a, you know, like a buzz, sort of a buzz cut sort of thing. Yeah, that's pretty much. I'm getting one tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. as soon as they open. And it's like, yeah, I get I just feel better having a a, a haircut. Maybe it's because of business and I'm always in front of people. And maybe it's because of stand up because I'm always. So, yeah. Completely. That's a pretty non-negotiable thing. I love that answer. Yeah,
0: because that is wellness. It's like hygiene and just feeling oh yeah. good.
1: Oh, forget it. Like hygiene. For I, my, my wife will tell you, it's <laughs> like I, my face routine. I have. I, I've gotten manicures before. Uh, I always feel like you know, because it's like when you know, it hasn't been a while, but I take care of my nails. I. I give my son baths. Like, I'm his chief groomer. I don't cut his nails because one time I clipped his nail and he bled oh, and I was like, no. I'm a murderer. And, uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, like, I'm into that as well.
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten a haircut since, like, November. Wow. And I'm dying yeah. for one. Like, it's bad.
1: I, uh, no, forget it. I, uh... Yeah,
0: and I feel the same way. I mean, my nails grow at a rapid pace of, mm-hmm. like, just way too fast. Yeah. And when they get out of hand, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then when I cut them, I'm like... I have feel, my shit together. You feel great, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that's the thing. It's like <laughs> I, I always notice that too. It's like I, I notice if like if, if people's nails, if like if a woman's nails, like I always say, I always joke around with my wife. I'm like, <laughs> if you're gonna paint them, have the paint uh, either paint all the way on or all the way off. Yep. That's it. You know. That's
0: why it's off. Yeah. It's either,
1: <laughs> and that's okay if it's yep. all the way off. That's it. People that I always joke around with, like my friends, uh, you know. My female friends, I'm like, oh look at you, got your little chips ahoy, I mean, like chip, uh, chip paint. <laughs> I know it's a huge peppy of mine. I sound like a jerk, but
0: no, I yeah. get that. In college, I was changing my nail color weekly. Yeah, and then it was like, this, was is your, this is a lot. Is you know that was your haircut? That was my your, that was your yeah. weekly haircut. <laughs> exactly. Oh no Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, uh, no, I, I yeah I get a haircut like every week.
0: That's amazing. It's
1: uh, it's, I don't know. It's sounds crazy.
0: Dedication. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is it you do that helps you through current challenges that you didn't have in your toolbox five years ago?
1: Ooh, I think what helps me now that I didn't have how many years ago, five years ago, give or take. Yeah. I have, well, I, well, five years ago I married my wife, right? So I didn't have that. I mean, I knew her before that we were together before that, but that helped like having a a solid partner Mm -hmm. that you kind of could bounce ideas off of. And, you know, I think what also made me, you know, made me stronger is, is not having a mother and a lot of people, especially like, well, mothers are amazing, right? And yeah. I'm, mothers and women are amazing people, but, um, not having that made me stronger. Um, I think that just being a parent, like wisdom, you know, being a parent shifts your focus so much. I'm not worried about myself anymore. I'm worried about him, you know? Mm. So, yeah, I think that is, I have it in the, my toolbox now that I, I'm more responsible because I'm a, a dad now. Yeah. So that kind of makes you instantly more.
0: Interesting. You know? yeah. Do you think before you had a kid, you, you had yourself down pat, like you had taking care of yourself already down pat?
1: Mm. You know, I was always been. I've been responsible, but I've always been like immature in a lot of ways. Like I'm, I'm serious when I need to be serious. I think the world is so serious. I'm like, I, I need to be serious certain times. Yeah. Too many people are really serious. So, uh, I think I had myself down. I, I had myself down, Pat. But I wasn't always great with money. You know. So my, my wife helped helped me. And so, I think I loosened my wife up a lot, and you know, uh, had her joke around a lot, and. She made me a lot better with money because mm. uh, I grew up in a in, in a financially unstable home. You know, we were, v- you know, grew up poor and, you know, government assistance. And, you know, if we got money, we would buy something. You know, I remember my mom always just wanted to get stuff because we didn't have it. Yeah. So I'm way more financially sound.
0: Mm hmm.
1: And it's not because I make more money than I did five years ago, which you hope, you know, you hope the progression goes that (laughs) way. But I, it's just, I'm just smarter. Yeah. And then I was, I I was smarter with my money, but couple that with now you have a dependent, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right? So that makes you even think more. Yeah. Do I really need to go out and buy... A ten thousand dollar watch, <laughs> because no, that's a year. Is it not that I, you know, <laughs> a, a did that? But right. you know, it's like kind of you, you think differently.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. Um, What do you do for fun with your off time?
1: Off time, I spend it with uh, with my family. We just we will go to a park. We'll you know go to you know, we'll go to different shows. My wife and I love going to Broadway shows with my little son, Hudson. We will just, you know, go to different, the transit museum. He'd love, we'll go ride a subway and he loves it. He's like one of the only people who like enjoys the subway. I'm like, everyone hates this. (laughs) You realize like, this is like, you know, that guy just took a shit and it's like, he's like, that's cute daddy. I'm like, no, it is not. So I just, I like with my family. Yeah. Anytime I get to spend with my son, I know it's like a a cliche thing for a a, a parent or a dad to say, but, but I love being a dad. Yeah. I love it. You know, I, I love it. And I think I was meant to be a dad, you know, growing up, Mm -hmm. I was never like, oh, one day I'm going to marry the woman of my dreams. And it's no guy thinks that way. (laughs) And, but no, I was like, you know, being a dad is cool. Yeah. So that makes me uh, happy.
0: I love that. I think cliches always make sense.
1: Yeah. That's why, like, some stereotypes make sense, yeah. you know? There's, there's, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Italians, we have gel in our hair. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, it's, yes, here it is. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything that you wish we spoke about, something I didn't ask, or something intuitive that you would like to share?
1: I think you covered, this is very, you know, very in-depth. I, I think you, you covered it. I think it's... Uh, this was a, an eye-opening podcast because it's very different than the podcasts I, I normally do. <laughs> and no, I think you covered everything.
0: Cool. Now, is there
1: anything that you want to share with me that you don't think I know about you?
0: <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah. Um,
1: you shared, you know, the, about the mandalas. Yeah. And sh- I shared yeah.
0: more on here than I normally do. Yeah, because I know. Thank you for being like so, creating so much volley. Yeah. It's so, been bo- fun. Yeah, a little, you know.
1: Yeah. But yeah there's a, uh, but... And do you want to go through your list of don'ts of what you want, uh, <laughs> you know, what you don't want in a, in a, a gentleman caller? There.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. we don't have all that. <laughs> so we've been here a while already. Yeah. She's like, no.
1: Well, no, this has been great. I mean, Thank you know, it's, you. it's 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 these circumstances where you you come across people where you know you came to a show and you were an audience member and uh, and you asked me to do this. I was happy to do this um audience members have asked me to do certain things like this before and i was like no that's i don't even know you man you're weird dude and uh (laughs) but no this was awesome i'm glad i got to do it
0: yeah thank you so much for saying yes Mm -hmm. and i felt like you were genuine about it and for actually making it happen is amazing I know you live not too far, which is even more helpful, yeah. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, if it's like come out to Greenpoint, I'm like oh, ah, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm good. I think I'm good over there. Yeah. That audience hates me, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but where can we find you?
1: Yeah, so I uh, you could find me at uh, my Twitter. Well, Twitter's not not, not that big, but uh, Instagram uh, the Vincent James T H E. Vincent James, other variations that were taken. So I don't want to sound like a pretentious jerk, but it was the (laughs) Vincent James. And I am often at the comedy clubs that Allie met me at, which is the Tribeca Comedy Lounge on 22 Warren Street and the Dark Horse Comedy Club on 17 Murray Street. And I'm there as much as I could because I just love performing there. It's right down the street and the audiences are always fun and friendly and they usually ask you to be on a podcast. So (laughs) that's good.
0: Highly recommended. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Vincent. No
1: problem. Thanks, Allie. Nice to see you.
0: You too. Thank you. Well, and that is a wrap, folks. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening to Well and Why, a spiritually nutritious production. Hope you're walking away feeling a little more nutritious in your spirits. And, uh, yeah, and a little more pep in your step, you know, you know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, Vincent, thank you so much for your time. And it was just so much fun having you in the studio and chatting and laughing. It was really just such a blast. And I'm so pumped to have found you just on this comedy journey that Alina and I have taken on for 2019 And it's just been so cool and being able to see you twice and making new friends. (laughs) It's always fun. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to do a quick shout out to my friend Courtney and Talia Sutra. Talia Sutra is a famous yogi on Instagram. And Courtney loves Talia Sutra. So we went to one of her, um, we went to one of her workshops in New York City this past weekend and it was Inversions and bondas, And it was such an awesome course about um, locking up your bondas and why we think our bondas should be able to lock and unlock. And I thought it was a really fantastic conversation to be had. I know personally, sometimes I think being open-minded is like the best. And it is really great to be open-minded, I would say, but I also believe more and more as I get older that not to be closed-minded, but to really decide what works for you and what's best for you and that choosing what's best for you doesn't mean you're closed-minded to other people doing what's best for them or hearing other people out and agreeing to disagree. I think that's open-minded as fuck. I think the difference is just being able to like lock yourself up (laughs) lock up the knowledge that you want to keep as your own understanding of something and just being able to close off energy that maybe isn't serving you from others or something like that and not letting it affect you which is so much easier said than done I completely get that but it's definitely possible so I don't know why I got into that but Bondas yes inversions talia sutra courtney courtney popped my knee back into its socket this past weekend um at the restaurant that's such an amazing restaurant if you're in new york city it's called 19 cleveland and you feel like you're in tel aviv in israel and it's so much fun such good energy really cool awesome music food is fan fucking tastic So, highly recommend. Um, and that's about it for me this week. It's 10pm on a Tuesday night, and I'm getting this shit done a couple nights early so I can go out for drinks for my, for my, uh, puppy friend's first birthday. (laughs) Life is good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you have any feedback, any suggestions, positive, you know, constructive, anything, feel free to reach out. Seriously, wellandy at gmail.com. That's wellandwhy at gmail.com or Instagram at spiritually nutritious. And feel free to pop over to one of Vincent James's shows. He's so funny, obviously. And just go enjoy yourselves. Go out on a date. Go out with some girls. Go out with your boys. Make it fun. Whatever. Actually, well, the comedians will do it for you. You really don't have to do much of anything. Buy a couple drinks and just laugh. Okay? That's it. That's really it for me this time. (laughs) Ta-ta for now.